When will Elio Hanavi show up? That's the topic of today's class. We're going to be learning the Rambam in Hilchas Malach and Perikid Beis, the last chapter of the Rambam's Mishnah Torah. But before that, to understand what the Rambam is saying, we have to go back to the source of the Rambam. So we're going to begin today's shir with the last Mishnah of Meseches Adius. Adius is a is a mishmish is a tractate in in Shas and Mishnayas that has eight chapters, and it's unique because it's called Adius. Adius means testimonies from the word Adius, because it's unlike other tractates that have a theme, a particular theme. For example, Shabbos or Erevin or Psachim. Psachim deals with the Yom Tov Pesach, with Chametz, with Matzah, with the Karben Pesach, with the Seder. Adius doesn't have one theme. It goes from theme to theme. It's basically recording testimonies, adios that were given over by the sages about different halachas on very many, on, on many different themes. So let's see the last Mishnah of Adius. Adius Perik Ches Mishnah Zion. If you open up your source sheets, it's the first page. This is the last Mishnah. Let's learn it together. A fascinating, fascinating Mishnah. Okay? Again, if you didn't open your source sheets yet, go to theyeshiva.net, T-H-E-Y-E-S-H-I-V-A.net. It's the first video on top, when will Elio Anavi come? Or if you're watching this later, you can go to recent videos, or you can put in search, Eliyahu, and uh, and let's learn it together. Omar Rabbi Yehoshua. Rabbi Yehoshua said, Mekubal Ani Mirabi Yehoshua Ben Zakai. I have a tradition. Received from Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. Who is Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai? Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai is the leader of the Sanhedrin during one of the most tumultuous moments in Jewish history. He is the man who observed and led the nation during the destruction of the second base Amikdash in the year 70 after the Common Era. There's a whole sugya, a whole section in Gitin, the fifth chapter of Masechus Gitin in Gemara, about Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai's dealings and negotiations with Aspasionis, with Vespasian, Vespasian, who would become the new emperor of Rome, and he allowed Rabbi Yechonah ben Zakkai to maintain Yavne v'chachameh, the city of Yavne, which became the center of the Sanhedrin. So Rabbi Yeshua says, I have a tradition from Rabbi Yechonah ben Zakkai, who heard from his Rebbe. Rabbi Yechonah ben Zakkai's Rebbe was... Hillel Hazokin, the Gemara says in, in Sukkah Chavches, Hillel Hazokin had 80 students, his young, the youngest was Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, Hillel the elder, who lived in the century before the destruction of the second base of Mikdash. Rabbi, me Rabbi, and his Rebbe, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai's Rebbe heard from his Rebbe, which doesn't say here any names, but Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai heard from his Rebbe, who heard from his Rebbe. Halacha Misina. This goes back to a Messiah tradition that was transmitted from Moshe Rabbeinu, who received it from Mount Sinai, from Hashem. All the way back in the Messiah of generations, the Rambam in his introduction to Mishnah Torah gives us the list of 40 generations from Moshe Rabbeinu till Rav Ashi. Rav Ashi is the one who finalized and sealed the Babylonian Talmud, Talmud Bavli. So you have 40 generations, not so much, it's 40 people. Student to teacher, student from teacher, and the teacher from a previous teacher from his predecessor, all the way back to Moshe Rabbeinu. 
Halacha l'moshim is sinai. What? She'ein Elio ba l'tamayu l'tair l'rachik l'karev. Elio is not going to come to impurify, to 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 declare impure any Jew, or to purify l'rachik, not to distance anybody, or l'karev, not to bring anybody close. We'll soon see what it means. Ela l'rachik hamakuravim bezroya or l'karev hamaruchakim bezroya. He's going to accomplish one thing. He's going to distance those who force their way in through, basically through coercion, they became close, and he's going to bring close those who were distanced, again, by an arm, meaning through coercion, through inappropriate methods, he's going to bring them back. What does this mean? So let's see, right below the Mishnah, we have Rabbeinu Evadim Bartanura, the great commentator on Mishnayis, Rabbeinu Evadio of Bartanura, this is what he says. Halacha l'moshu misina. Sheher eloya kadosh baruch l'moshu misina dor dor v'dorshu. Hashem showed Moshe on Har Sinai every generation and its leaders. Vehereyu, so he showed him. She'ein Elio bo, when Elio, when the prophet Elijah is going to come, he's not going to come l'tamayu l'tar l'rachiko l'karav. What does this mean? He's not going to come to impurify, to purify, to distance, says the Bartanura. L'varer sofek mishpachas hametumoyes mi nitma moyle nitma. There are many families that have become intermingled with the Jewish nation. He's not going to come and start zooming in on these families and he's going to say, you know what, maybe these families, the lineage is problematic, maybe they're not really Jewish, or maybe there's other issues. He's going to leave them. They're going to be considered regular kosher Jews for the future. The halachi, because the halachi is mishpacha shenitma nitma. A family that has become intermingled remains intermingled. Elio Anovi is not going to come and start saying, by the way, 600 years ago in Krakow, a thousand years ago in Spain, 2,000 years ago in Iraq and Babylonia, 3,000 years ago in Edom or Maya. He's not going to do that. He's not going to do that. Yes, throughout the exiles, throughout the diaspora, throughout Jewish history, we have been through everything. We've been through thick and thin. We've been through ups and downs and all types of different situations. So you could go to every single Jewish family. Where are you from? Well, let's go back a thousand years, two thousand years. You know, these questions. Mishpacha shenitma, nitma. Nitma with an ayin, not with an aleph. Nitma means it got mixed in. It got, so to speak, submerged. It's part of Klal Yisrael. Elio Hanavi is not coming to challenge that. So he's not coming to be metame anybody. Hey, you're tome. He's not coming to be metayer. He's not coming to be merachik. He's not coming to be mekarif. Ella, one thing, yeah. Lerachik hamekuravim b'zeroya, says the Bartanura, shahakal machzikim oisam b'psula. B'psula. He says there may be certain individuals that everybody knows that they're disqualified. They're disqualified from being part of the Jewish people. Doesn't mean they're, they're bad people. Every person has their own mission. But say they consider themselves Kayanim or Leviim or Yisrael, for whatever reason, there is a challenge here. There is something you have to account. Everybody knows but people are afraid of them. They use their mighty arm, their power, their compulsive power, their prowess to force their way in. But a family that's become intermingled because nobody knows that it's disqualified, this Eliyahu is not going to challenge. But somebody who's Makur of Bizraya, they know there's a problem. Everybody else knows there's a problem. And they're just forcing their way in because of their political might, their physical might, their financial might, whatever it is. 
Eliyahu Anavi is going to say, sorry, you have a different journey, you have a different mission. And the same is the other way. A family that we know is completely kosher, or an individual, but because of political reasons, or because of some other problems or terrorism, they have been distant, or he is, or she, or he or she has been distanced, Eliyahu is going to bring them back. And the mission tells a story. Mishpachas Bey Srifa, there was a family called the House of Srifa. This family lived on the Transjordan, on the eastern side of the Jordan River, which means today's Jordan. There was a man named Bensian, as the Bartonuri says, He was a powerhouse. He was a strong person and he was a bully. Alima, Alima means a powerful bully. This is Bensian. People were afraid of him. And what happened? But Sian took this family, didn't like this family. And he distanced them, he delegitimized them. And nobody uttered a sound. Maybe they uttered a sound, but it was ineffective. Now there was an opposite story. There was a family that didn't belong in the Jewish people. For whatever reason, there was a big question about their relationship and connection with the Jewish people. Remember, there could be a lot of scenarios in halacha. You can have an issue, somebody is fully Jewish, but maybe a mamzer. You can have an issue, somebody is Jewish, but maybe a Moavite, right? Or an Ammonite, so there's an issue with marriage. Or, you know, these types of questions. Or, maybe they're not Jewish. But Ben Sian, this, this bully, he forced them to come in. Oh, such a family, that Ben Sian threw them out. Not because it was just and appropriate, but because of his bully, his ability to bully people. His mighty arm. Elio is going to say, no, no, Hevra, come back. And the other way around as well. This is where Elio Anavi is going to come either to distance or to be Mekarov, to bring close. Fascinating. This is what Rabbi Yeshua heard from Rechel Menzak. He received from Rechel Menzak. He heard from his Rebbe. Halacha l'moshe misina what Elio Anavi is going to do. Interesting, No. Now, before we go further, take a look at the Bartanura. It's a beautiful, beautiful Bartanura. Bensian made an announcement that this family, everybody could marry into them, even though it was problematic. Again, it could be an Ammonite male, a Moabite male, right? There's the whole issue of There was an issue halachically, but Bensian forced their way in. Now, Vachos here is a big problem in the Mishnah. The Mishnah tells us the name of the family that Ben Sian expelled. The Mishnah doesn't tell us the name of the family that Ben Sian brought in. Why? I know the first family, based Srifa. What was the name of the second family? Says the Batanur Vachos Hatana Al Kavad Habrius. Amazing idea. The Tana was sensitive to the respect of people. So he would not mention the name of the illegitimate family who Ben Sian brought into Klal Yisrael by force. Just as the Mishnah mentions the name of the family that Ben Sian distanced by force. Lelamdach to teach you. How careful you have to be. Never to disgrace somebody. And to always protect the shame of another person. If this is true by somebody who is illegitimate, 
certainly when you're talking about Kshayrim, how sensitive you have to be to the dignity of a person. This family didn't belong there. It was only Benzian's inappropriate and immoral methods of coercion that brought this family in. But the mission is not going to embarrass them. The mission is not going to embarrass them. If you have to save a life, you have to understand a situation. If somebody's life is in danger, if you have to protect a crime from being done, then you have to do whatever you have to do. But what would be the benefit of announcing in this mission in Adias that there's a family that doesn't belong fully in Claudius Yisrael, even if they belong, you can't marry into this family? Why shame them? Elio Wanavi will do what Elio Wanavi has to do. Amazing. Okay. This is Rabbi Yeshua. Let's continue the mission. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, no, you got it wrong. Lekarev avaloy lerachik. Eliyahu is going to come just to be Makarev, not to distance anybody. That means, based Trifa, Eliyahu will bring back, because Ben Siyan threw them out inappropriately. But the family that was in, Eliyahu is not going to reject them. It's going to work only one way. Interesting machlaikas, huh? You can give some feedback on Zoom. We like to get some feedback. It's a fascinating machlaikas. Rabbi Yeshua says, Lekarev ularachik. Rabbi Yehuda says, Lekarev loilerachik. <laughs> Rabbi Yehuda was a chabatzke. Rabbi Shimon, Naim, Rabbi Shimon says, Lahash v'samachloikas. No, you got it wrong. Elio Anavi is going to come to straighten out all the arguments. <laughs> now some people will say, Good luck. Good luck, Elio Anavi. But Eliyahu will do it. The arguments will stop. The strife, the debates. Then come the sages. Eliyahu is not coming to distance anybody. He's not coming to bring close anybody. He's coming to make peace in the world. The Pasuk says, and this is a Pasuk. It's interesting. Every Pasuk, you should know where it comes from. But this Pasuk, you especially have to know. Because this is the last prophecy that was given to the Jewish people. The last prophet in the Tanakh, 24th form of Tanakh, is Malachi. Who is Malachi? The Gemara Megillah, some say Mordechai, some say Ezra, some say his name was Malachi. It's an interesting question. Malachi consists of three chapters. It's the last Novi of Treyasa. Right? You have Isaiah, the, the, the 12 shorter prophets. You have Eschariah Ch- and Malachi. The last posik, the last psukim of Malachi. This is the last prophecy that was given to the Jewish people because this is the beginning of the second base. I mean, the Gemara says in Megillah, Yudalit, Esther Soizman Hanavua. The time of Purim, the time of Esther, it's the end of the era of prophecy. You may have later Jews who will individual, Toysva speaks about somebody who was uh, Ezra Hanavi, uh, the Rambam speaks about Hanavi in his days, but the era of prophecy comes to an end. After Chagai, Schayim, Malachi, the Gemara says, Nestalka, Nestalka Navu, Nestalka Ruch HaKodesh, it departs. It's a new era in the Jewish people. You'll have it, but very, very unique and very rare situations. It's, it's the new era. So Malachi is the last prophet. And it's the last one that becomes part of the Tanakh. What are the last words of Tanakh, of the Malachi? Malachi is a beautiful nevuah, famous nevuah of a hafti eschem omer Hashem. God says, I love you. And you say, how could you love us? There's nothing to love. God says, I love you. <laughs> I love you. The last words of Malachi, the end of Shemir Gimel, is Zichru Toiras Moshe Avdi. 
remember the Torah of Moshe, my servant, and hold on to everything you have been given at Har Chaydev and Har Sinai. And then he says, Hinei Hinei, and they made a nice nigan. I think it's a ger nigan. Rabbi Ephraim Rosenblum, the Colonel of Rocha from Pittsburgh, he was a Managan. So we focused, I, I, my married a, I married a family from Pittsburgh. My wife was from Pittsburgh. So we would sometimes, for Yomtev, we would eat together. He loved this nigan. So I still remember him singing, he just passed away a few months ago. I am sending to you, Eliyahu Navi, when? Before the day of Hashem comes, the great and awesome day. And what will he do? He will bring back the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their parents. That's what Eliyahu will do. So the Chachamim say four opinions, Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shimon, and the Chachamim. Rabbi Yeshua, Eliyahu Anavi is going to distance those who have to be distanced because they made their way in by force and bring close those who have been rejected by force. Rabbi Yehuda says only bring close. Rabbi Shimon says straighten out the arguments and Chachamim say make peace in the world. And it brings this posik, Hine Anoichi Shaloyachlachem. Four-way machloikas, what Elio Hanavi is going to do. Let's see the Bartanura. Shenemar veheishiv leiv avos albonim. Right? Shenemar veheishiv leiv avos albonim. Sha'asid loima beruach hakoidesh zem ibnei bonav shalzeh. This pasik the Bartanura says is brought by all the Tanoyim. He's going to say through ruach hakoidesh, this child comes from this father, and this father comes from this father, and this father, and this father. That's the opinion of Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Yehuda. He's going to show the lineages of people. So he's going to be able to say, this family that was brought in by force doesn't belong here. Or this family that was rejected by force, it's not true. That's the first two opinions. Reb Shimon says, the real father is your Rebbe, and the student is your teacher, your child. What do Chazal say? You should teach your children. These are your students. Reb Elchanan Vasaman, Hashem Yin Kemdame, the Rosh Hashiva of Baranovich, Oyel Torah, and the author of Kovit Shiurim, once asked, why doesn't the Pasuk say, Vishinantam Letalmidecha? You should teach your students. Why does it say Vishinantam Levanecha? And Rashi quotes this Sifri Levanecha, Elua Talmidim. Your sons are your students. It's a question a lot of times. Why doesn't the Pasik say clearly what it wants to say? So you don't need the sages to explain the Pasik. So Rebel Khanavasaman says, because if it would have said Vishinantam Letalmidecha, you would have thought that you should just teach your students. The Torah wants to tell you that the only way you'll be successful if you teach your students is if you treat them like your children. Vishinantam Levanachi, you have to teach your children. Come Chazal and say, which children are we talking about? <coughs> Not only your biological children, but also it's a chiyuv to teach students. Person who can teach needs to teach. As the Rambam says in Hilchas Talmud Torah, mitzvah al kol chacham, to teach Torah to students besides after your own children, in addition to your own biological children. 
but you want that this, your st- teaching should be effective, said Rebbe Chanan. You have to treat your students like a child. So Rebbe Shimon says, is talking about the teachers and the students. And what's going to happen? So he says, the Talmudim and the teachers are going to see eye to eye. And finally, their hearts will be uniform and there won't be a machlaikas between the teachers and the students. That's Rip Shimon's opinion. And then you have the fourth opinion, the Chachamim, who just says it's going to be peace in the world. This is the Bartanura on the last mission of Adius. Now let's see the Rambam in his commentary to Mishnah. Ooh, a fascinating Rambam. The Rambam is bothered by something. What's the Rambam bothered by? If it's halacha l'mayshem Sinai, why is there a four-way argument? Nobody argues if tefillin should be black or yellow or green. Nobody argues if you use for an esrig, if you use a pre-etzhader, do you use a citron, an esrig, or you use a watermelon or a cherry or a papaya or a plum? No such a thing. As an argument, we heard from Moshe. Why is there a four-way argument? Says the Rambam, Nobody heard from Moshe this language of the Mishnah. What they heard from Moshe is the concept. Moshe told the Jews about the coming of Mashiach. And you have it in the language of Torah. This was the language he said, and he wrote. And all of the other psukim in Torah about Mashiach, which we discussed in the previous shiurim from the Rambam Hilchas Malachim Moshe also communicated to the Jewish people in the name of from the mouth of Hashem what's going to come as an introduction to Mashiach and as a cause before Mashiach. There's going to be a man who's going to come. Oisiyashem means Eliyahu Anavi, Liyashir to inspire the world. And he told them, that this Elio Anavi will not add to the Torah, he will not diminish from the Torah. Like the Rambam keeps on saying in Hilchis Malachim about Mashiach, there's no adding to Torah, there's no changing to Torah. What is Elio Anavi going to do? He's going to remove all the thugs, all the Hamasim, all the Hamasniks, Hamasim, all the gangsters, all the thieves, all the people who are, Hamas is a bully, a robber, a gangster. That's what he's going to remove. He's going to get rid of all the type of criminals, petty criminals, who use power and use manipulation and use lies and use deception. That's what Elio Anov is going to remove. Nobody argues about this. Nobody denies it. This is what Moshe Rabbeinu gave over from Asina, what he heard from Hashem. What's going to happen before Mashiach comes? There's going to be Elio Anov. He's going to clean up the streets from this dirt and filth of gangsters. Fascinating. This is the Allah and nothing else. Moshe didn't say it in this language. This nobody argues about. The argument is, what exactly is the evil that a Leo Anavi is going to tackle and get rid of? 
Amr Rabbi Yechinam ben Zakkai, Rabbi Yechinam ben Zakkai says, Sheyaroi, Sheyasir Heim, Laharchik, Adam Pasel Biyachsai, Sheshav Kasher Bezroya, Ule Karev Adam Kasher Shehurchak Mikal Kohuna, Oibikal Yisrael Bezroya. Rabbi Yechinam ben Zakkai says, Rabbi Yeshua heard from Rechinam ben Zakkai, that what is Elio Anavi going to do? What is the evil? What is the terrorism? What is the inappropriateness? that he's going to tackle, that somebody who's really disqualified, but he he forced his way in through power, he's going to distance him. And somebody who's kosher, but he was distanced either from kuhuna, by inappropriate ways, this person belongs in the family of kuhuna, but he was distant. Or he belongs in the family of the Jewish people, he was distanced. He was distanced. Eliyahu is going to bring him back. Vehimshel, and the Mishnah gives us a metaphor, a, a, a illustration, not an illustration, an illustration. Beshtei Mishpachas, there were two families. Haisa Achas Kshayrev Ashniyapsula. One was kosher, one was blemished. Vinizgabru Bnetziyan Aleyam. This family, Bnetziyan or Bnetziyan, prevailed. Veishiva Apsula Kshayrev Akshayrev Apsula. The one that was blemished, disqualified, illegitimate, they made kosher, and conversely, the Rambam tells us again, meditate how the Chachamim escape evil language, negative language, toxic language. They knew the name of both families, but the family that was deprived, the family that was abused, they said the name. The other family, they were quiet about the name, even though they knew the name. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, he says, I don't agree with Rabbi Yeshua. The thugs that Elio Hanavi is going to eliminate is those who were abused or tormented because they were kosher and they were distanced. That's Oishek, that's abuse. That Elio Hanavi is not going to tolerate. But those who made their way in Getting rid of them, that the Leo one of is not going to do. Chachamim Oimrim, Chachamim say, Ein Oishek B'yuchsin. This is an unbelievable Rambam. There's no such a thing as robbing somebody, taking away somebody, somebody's right, somebody's dignity through Yuchsin, through lineage. Koil Hanikr B'Shmoy, Hakol Yisyachesu Ala Emas. Anybody who's ready to identify themselves by God's name, can become a meyuchas, because you're meyuchas to the emes. Your lineage, your ancestry is truth. The Torah becomes the father of everybody. So the Chachamim, Reb Shem and the Chachamim say, that's not the issue of Eliyahu Hanavi. The ultimate source of yichas is not my father, my mother, my zaydin, my baba. It's Torah. It's Hashem. If you're ready to trace your lineage back to Hashem and become an Eved Hashem, become a servant of Hashem and see the Torah as your guiding light for the life, you're in. If you're not ready, you're not ready. So, 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 so the Chachamim say that's not going to be the job of Eliyahu Anavi. You know what the evil in society is? It's the hatred between people, which is, which is in vain. It's useless. By hating you, I rob something from you. You deserve dignity. You deserve affection. You're a person. 
And when I hate you, I'm robbing you. I'm robbing you from the dignity you deserve. That's going to be Eliyahu's job, to make peace in the world. That's called getting rid of the thugs and the dirt and the filth. Getting rid of hate. Getting rid of strife. Getting rid of contention. Getting rid of machloikas. Getting rid of animosity. He says, somebody made their way into Klal Yisrael by force. Listen, if you're ready to go with God and the Torah becomes your father, you're good. You're good. You're fine. So Eliyahu know his job, he's not going to get into Yichas, this family, that family, that family, either this way or that way. You ready to come in? Come in, Gesundheit. Interesting. The Chambu said, that's not going to be Eliyahu know his job. Lasa Shalom Ba'ilam. Now you can ask a simple question, I mean, <laughs> if there's a family and you know they can't be Kayanim, for whatever reason, they're not real Kayanim, and Ben Sion forced them in, so Eliyahu is going to ignore it. <coughs> He's going to say, "You could, you, you, you treat you, you, your father is the Torah. Fine, your father is the Torah, but I'm not a Kayan. Manishkin <laughs> Kayan. You have to understand what's pshat here. I understand if it's already intermingled, it's intermingled. Hashem says, let it go. Nobody knows. But if somebody knows, the Chachamim say, that's not what Eliyahu is going to do. I mean, that's how we're learning now. It's not what he's going to do. It's not what he's going to do. Why? If you want to come, if you're in and you're ready for Torah to be your yichis, there's no such a thing. I robbed somebody by becoming a meyuchis. That's that's the kavart of the Rambam. By me having yichis, I didn't rob anything from anybody. Why? Because ultimately we're all in the same boat. We all go back to God and the Torah is the father of everybody. But you have to understand, but halachically, what that, what that means, what the Chachamim hold, what Reb Shimon holds. This is going to be part of what we're going to learn today. We're finished with the Mishnah and Adias. Now, you see, if you don't learn this Mishnah, people jump straight to the Rambam. They don't appreciate the Rambam's words and Mishnah. Now you learn this Mishnah, you'll see a different Rambam. <laughs> you'll see a different Rambam. Now go, let's go back to, let's go back to your source sheets. And let's go to Rambam. You have to open your source sheet again. If you don't have the source sheets, please go to theyeshiva.net, T-H-E-Y-E-S-H-I-V-A.net, and you see the first class on the homepage has when is Eliyahu going to show up and the source sheets. Let's see the Rambam together. You have to turn in the source sheets to page four. Hilchis Malachim Perik Yud Beis. Last week we learned Halacha Aleph. You remember? That nature will not be changed during the days of Mashiach. The big argument between the Rambam and the Ravid about Yemaisa Mashiach, if it's going to define nature or not, we learned the whole Shir about it. Two weeks. But let's see Halacha Beis in Rambam. Omru The sages said the only difference between now and Mashiach is the subjugation of the kingdoms. Jews will be emancipated. Okay, now, listen clearly. Listen carefully. From a straight, simple reading of the words of the prophets, it seems, In the beginning of the era of the days of Mashiach, in the beginning of the era that we call the time of Mashiach, there's going to be a war. And before the war of Magag, a prophet will stand up to inspire the Jewish people, to straighten out the Jewish people, and to prepare and inspire their hearts. Shenemar, the Pasuk says, we know where, Malachi chapter 3. 
Hashem says, I'm going to send to you Elio Anovi. The Rambam says Elio doesn't come. Not to contaminate the person who is pure. And Elio is going to say, Really? You think you're pure? You're impure. Nor to cleanse and to say somebody who's tame to say, No, really, you're pure. Nor will he disqualify any people who are assumed to be completely legitimate. Nor is he going to kasher, make the clear kosher somebody who's assumed to be non-kosher, illegitimate. So what is he going to come for? To make peace in the world. Shenemar, the Pesach says, V'heishiv lev avos albanim. Who did the Rambam Paskin like? Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shimon, or the Chachamim? You see, you read the Rambam, you don't appreciate what the Rambam is saying. But who did he Paskin like? Go back to Adius. Whose opinion does he embrace? Not Rabbi Yehuda, not Rabbi Yeshua, not Rabbi Shimon, the Chachamim, the last opinion. Rambam adds, there are those sages who say, no, Mashiach is not coming. This is how we would interpret, why I'd interpret it. Mashiach, I said the first opinion is, in the era of Mashiach, Leo is going to come, then there's going to be the war of Goy Gemagoy. Then Mashiach will appear. This Chacham will say, no, Mashiach is going to come, Elio Anavi is going to come right before Biasa Mashiach. Right before the coming of Mashiach. Meaning at a later stage. All these things and similar things, nobody knows how they're going to happen until they happen. Because these words have been concealed by the prophets. There's no explicit clarity about them. The sages too don't have a clear tradition about this. They're basically interpreting what they understand from the psukim, and that's why they argue. There's arguments. Bottom line is, the order of how these things are going to happen, when Elio Anavi is going to come, and getting into the meticulous detail of how and when it's going to happen, this is not a fundamental aspect of Judaism. And therefore, there's no need, a person should not immerse themselves and get, um, so to speak, entangled, and elaborate on all of these medrashim, on all of these different teachings, don't turn them into the fundamental core of Judaism. They will not bring you to have more awe, or more love. You also should not um, 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 reckon, and come to conclusions, when is the kates, the end time of Mashiach's coming, the exact date. Those who reckon and decide the kitzim, their spirits should expire. As a Jew, you should wait for the coming of Mashiach. You should believe in the Klal Adav, in the general concept of Mashiach, which we explain in Perikid Aleph and Perikid Beis, what you're believing in, what Mashiach is, as we explained in the previous four classes, the view of the Rambam, what are we believing in, what are we waiting for? 
For this, you have to listen, you should listen to the first four classes in Rambam Hilchis Balachim. The first two weeks we did, what is Mashiach, the Rambam's view? And the second two weeks we did, why does the Rambam negate all the Mashiach miracles? The Rambam says, you wait for it, believe in it. Exactly the details of how these Pratam are going to happen, you have arguments about it because the Psukim and the Chachamim were not clear. And the Rambam says, Halacha Gimel. In the days of the King Mashiach, when his Malchus, his kingdom will be established, and all the Jewish people will have gathered him. In other words, Mashiach already came, and he built the Beis HaMikdash, and he brought the Jews back. The divine inspiration that will dwell on Mashiach will allow him to trace the lineage of all Jewish families. Shanemar, the Pasuk says in Ezra, He will sit, and refine and purify. He will first deal with the family of Shevet Levi, of the tribe of Levi, and he's going to say, this person is a Koyan Meyuchas. He traces his lineage all the way back to Aaron. This one is a Meyuchas Levi. This one traces his lineage all the way back to the family, to the tribe of Levi. One branch was Aaron, but there's other branches of Levi. Right? Aaron had a brother Moshe. <coughs> Excuse me. Levi had three sons, Kahas, Gershon, and Merari. So there's families of Levium who are not Kayanim. Kayanim was just one of the families, the family of Kahas. Kahas, from Kahas's family came Aaron. And all Jews, they may have thought they were Kayanim or Levium, but they don't have that lineage. He will send them back to become Yisraelim, to be good, regular Jews like you and I, who are Yisraelim. This is what the Pasuk says in Ezra, the governor of the Jewish people, Nechemia told them, you're going to have to wait to eat Karbanas until Mashiach comes, until the Koyin stands up with the Urim and Tumim, because the second base Hamikdash, Nechemia was there in the beginning of the second base Hamikdash, there was no Urim Vitumim. But one day it's like saying, wait till Mashiach comes and then we'll know who's a Koyin, who's a Levi. Mashiach, through divine inspiration, will be able to trace back the lineage of all those who are assumed to be of a certain lineage, and he's also going to notify those who may have not known. I may have not known that I'm a Koyan or a Levi or Yisrael. He's going to let them know. When it comes to Yisrael, he's going to trace them back to their tribes. You come from Reuven, you come from Yehuda, you come from Yosef, you come from Binyamin. If there's a Jew who's assumed to be a kosher Jew, he's not going to say, you're a mamzer, you're illegitimate, or you're an evet. A family that was intermingled remains intermingled. That's not what Mashiach is going to do. Mashiach is not going to point out and say, by the way, 20 generations ago, 30 generations ago, you're really a mamzer. That's not what he's going to do. Or you're really an Evid, and therefore your whole status changes. That's not what he's going to do. What he's going to do is, if you're part of Klai Yisrael, you're remaining part of Klai Yisrael. But he's going to be able to, he's going to trace back every Jew to know which tribe you come from. If you're a Kayan, you're a Kayan. If you're a Levi, you're a Levi. And if you're a Yisrael, you're a Yisrael. This is what Mashiach is going to do. Then, the last two halachas, the Rambam discusses what the world is going to look like when Mashiach comes, why the Jews wanted Mashiach, until his final words in halacha hey, that the whole world will be immersed in divine oneness and divine awareness, and the world will be filled with divine knowledge, like water covers the sea, that's halacha dalar and hey. But we're going to stop here right now, and we're now going to go in to the sikhah, to the shir that was presented by the Lubavitcher Rebbe to explain these two halachas, the Rambam, that we just learned about Eliyahu Hanavi and Mashiach. I happen to have the privilege to be able to hear this sikha from the Rebbe live from his mouth. I still remember it. I still remember it like today. 
So Gewaltik Echidish, the Rebbe said then, this was Yutshva Tavshin Memzayin. It's, uh, it's, you can also hear it on recording, because it wasn't on Shabbos. The 10th of Shvat, 1987. The Rebbe had a Fabrengen Yutshvat, of course, for the yard site of his father-in-law, his predecessor, the Rebbe Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak, the Rebbe Rayat, the 6th Lubavitcher Rebbe. Always on the yard sites, the Rebbe would make a siyum. Usually a siyum on a masechta of Gemara, sometimes a siyum on Shas. But a few times a year, usually around five or six times a year, the Rebbe would make a public siyum, either on Shas or a masechta. That Yud Shvat, the Rebbe made a siyum on the whole Rambam. Mishnah Torah of Rambam, because they finished then the third cycle of learning Rambam daily, three parakim a day where you finish once a year, the third cycle finished. And they also finished then the first cycle of learning Rambam one parak a day. As you know, in learning Mishnah Torah, the Lubavitcher Rebbe suggested two cycles. One is three chapters a day you finish every year, and one is one chapter a day and you finish Mishnah Torah in three years. Both incredible, incredible opportunities. Those who learned, who learned even Rambam once, from the beginning to the end, you know what it does for you, Pashat, from a practical point of view in, 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 in knowledge of Judaism, of Halach, of Torah. Because this is the only Sefer that we have that encompasses the totality of Halacha including the halachas of the time of the Beis HaMikdash, including the halachas of the time of Mashiach, which you will not find in Shulchan Aruch. Shulchan Aruch, you only have the halachas that are applicable today, and most of the mitzvahs are not applicable today. So they finished then the first cycle of one chapter and the third cycle of three chapters. So that Yud the Rebbe made a siyum harambam, and he focused on these halachas at the end of the Rambam, and he also made a siyum on Mishnayis Masechta Adias. Because this Rambam comes from that Mishnah, from that, from that Masechta, from the last Halacha. So he made a siyum on both, on, Ad- on the Rambam and on Adias, on Mishnayas, Adias. And that's the siyum that we're going to be learning today. Because of time constraints, I'm not going to do everything inside, I'm going to try to do a big part. And we're going to move, because we want to get to the core. But now that you learned well the Mishnah, I know that some people like to go straight to the explanation to the explanations and the sikhs, but I don't think it's the right way of learning because I find that people then understand it very superficially. You have to always go to the source. You learn the Mishnah, you learn the Mepharshim of the Mishnah, then you learn the Rambam, you understand, then you can understand the problems, the questions, the issues, and then you can have a full picture. Without that, it's very superficial and uh, it's not a, it's not an appropriate way of learning and people don't even appreciate the real contribution here. And it's true in everything. And it's true in everything. Sometimes in Yeshiva, Chevra learning Toysvis and Marsham or Amshifra, but Kiveger, they don't even understand the Mishnah. Learn the Mishnah, Rashi, learn the Gemara, Taichab Gut, Taichab Gut, Yedavart and Rashi, Taichab. And then, then you'll go, then you'll, then you'll, then you'll already ask the question of Toysvis on your own. If you're not asking the question of Toysvis on your own, if it's a logical question of Toysvis, then you didn't learn the Rashi well. Okay, that's just a parenthetic commentary. So let's start. Simon Dalit, this is a Sikh of Yutshvat um, Tavshin Memzayin. It was printed in the Sikhs of Tavshin Memzayin, 1987, and then also in Dvar Malchus, the Chidushim of the Rebbe in Rambam Hilchis Malachim. Simon Dalit, Bias Elio. When is Elio Anavi showing up? The first Seif, go to your source sheets, theyeshiva.net. Source sheets for this year. When is Eliyahu showing up? Page seven. Seif Aleph is an introduction where the Rebbe says that he wants to make a siyum Rambam because we just finished Rambam and the Rambam the uniqueness of the Sefer of Rambam, which I just explained. Let's go to Seif Beis. Seif Beis we already learned together, so we don't have to do it inside. But take a look. 
The last chapter of Hilchis Malachim and Melchamos and Melech HaMashiach. This is an interesting title for the last section of Rambam that in the Venice print of Rambam that was printed in Reish Pei Dalet and Shin Yud, that's the 14th, the 15th and 16th century. So the title is Hilchis Malachim O Melchamos O Melech HaMashiach. The laws of kings, the laws of wars, and the laws of Melech HaMashiach, because the last two chapters of Hilchis Malachim is Melech HaMashiach. Shrugam Siyam V'choysim Sefer Ayan. Koysim V'arambam Kama Protom Benegel Lesedi V'maysa Mashiach. Obeneyem Gam Inyan HaKoshin V'machdusim Shal Yisrael V'zel L'shayna. The Rambam gives us different details about the order of the days of Mashiach, including something that's connected to the unity of the Jewish people. And he begins to quote the Rambam, and we learned this whole paragraph already. When Eliyahu Anavi is going to come. What did the Rambam say? Let's remember that when we read the Nevi'im, it seems like at the beginning of the days of Mashiach, there'll be Goyg and Magog war. Before that, there's going to be a Navi to inspire the Jewish people. He's not coming to impurify or to purify anybody, to delegitimize or legitimize anybody. He's coming to make peace in the world. And then the Rambam continues, There are those who say he's going to come before Mashiach. The Rebbe asks a question. Very interesting question. Now it seems like a very small detailed question as he says. But the Rambam was known for his meticulousness and precision in every word. The next halacha, which we also learned, that Mashiach is going to trace back the lineage of the Jewish people. Right? And he says, we, we learned this before. A small diuk, a small detail, a nuanced detail, but it's going to turn out to be quite significant. There's two halachas, halacha beis and halacha gimel. Halacha beis, he talks about Eliyahu Hanavi's job. Halacha gimel, he talks about Mashiach's job. But Eliyahu Hanavi, he says, he's not going to come to purify or impurify, to delegitimize or legitimize. He's going to come to make peace. His language is he's not going to come to do these things. The next halacha with Mashiach, he changes the language. He doesn't say, Mashiach won't come to tell a person you're a mamzer or an avid. He says, Einoi oimer. Mashiach is not going to say, you're a mamzer, you're an avid. If you consider yourself a kosher Jew and you're already intermingled into Klal Yisrael, he's not going to point you out and say, no, you're a mamzer. He's not going to do that. He's going to tell you if you're a Kayan, a Levi, a Yisrael, what your Yichas is, which Shevet you come from. So I don't understand the Rebbe says, the Lubavitcher Rebbe says. By Eliyahu, he should have used the same language. It's actually much more precise. He should have said, Eliyahu, right, is, 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 is going to, he says he's going to stand up before Goygo Magog. And he doesn't say to somebody who thinks he's kosher that he's possible. Or somebody who's, who's puzzled that he's kosher. 
He doesn't say, he doesn't say, just like the Ramam in the next halacha. The language is not, Mashiach is not coming to do this. It's that Mashiach is not going to say to this person, you're a mamzer, to this person, you're an evet. Rather, he's going to say, you're a koyan, you're a levi, you're a yisrael. The word is, he's going to say or not say. Why in the previous halacha, Eliyohanavi, doesn't say, Eliyohanavi is not going to say, Eliyohanavi is not going to come to do this. Now you'll say, the answer is, go back to the Mishnah. What did the Mishnah say? You remember the first Mishnah we learned, Adi is paid a kes, right? Ain Eliyahu ba. Eliyahu is not going to come. Eliyahu is not going to come. So you could say the Rambam just maintained the language of the Mishnah. That's possible. But then you can ask, why indeed does the Mishnah use that language? Right? The Mishnah can also say, Eliyahu Anavi is not going to say on this one this and this one this. And as we see, the Rambam uses that language when it comes to Mashiach. Second question. this is a strong question about the order of the Rambam. And when you learn Rambam, you know how precise and meticulous and orderly he was. There's something strange about how he writes this halacha. Let's think about it. He starts off that it seems from the simple way of learning the Nevi'im that in the beginning of the days of Mashiach will be the war of Gaiga Magog, and before that, Eliyahu Anavi is going to come. Right here, he should say, but there are those who say, no, he's going to come at a later stage. He doesn't do that. He now gets into a whole discussion what Eliyahu Anavi is going to do when he comes. But one second. The second opinion doesn't disagree with the first opinion about what he's going to do. That's not the argument. The argument between the first and second opinion is only about when he's showing up. If he's showing up at an earlier stage or at a later stage. If he's showing up before the war of Gaiga Magin in the beginning of the days of Mashiach, or no, he's coming right before Mashiach comes, he's going to come. Even according to the second opinion, the Rambam doesn't say according to the second opinion he's going to come to be metame people, be metayer people, make them kosher, make them puzzle. No, everybody holds, according to the Rambam, the Allah is, he's coming to make peace in the world. The question is, when he's showing up? If that's the only argument, the argument is not about what he's going to do, only when Eliyahu is showing up. How should have the Rambam written this halacha? What would have been the logical way of writing it? First of all, tell us about the time that he's showing up. And finish that. Now discuss the objective. You know, he discusses the time, then he discusses the objective, then he goes back to the time. Why mix us up this way? Why mix it up this way? Be, be organized. Let's do it in an organized way. 
first discuss the time. The Nevi'im seem to tell us that Eliyahu and Avi is coming before Melchemes Gagamagim in the beginning of the days of Mashiach. Fine. Now bring a second opinion. Some Chachamim argue and say, no, he's coming before B'yasa Mashiach. Okay, great. The Rambam chose to tell us an argument about when Eliyahu and Avi is showing us. Now go, and what is he going to do? So tell us what he's going to do. He's not coming to be metame. He's not coming to be metayer. He's coming to make, make peace in the world. The Rambam does not do that. First he brings when Mashiach is going to come. And then, and then he brings a whole huge arichis. Not a short, just not short. A whole thing what Elio one of is not going to do and what he is going to do. Oh, by the way, let's go back to talk about when he's going to come. One second. The second opinion he brings, not when he's discussing the issue of the argument, when he's discussing an issue that they're not arguing about. I want you to make sure you understand this question because it's, a, it's an important question. And it's easy, you know, a question. Understand the question. An argument you bring when you're talking about the issue that they're arguing about. Let me just give, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's, it's, it's a foolish example, but just, just an example. The opening of the first mission of Brachas says, When do you read Krishna at night? Till when? There's the Belezer's opinion. Reb Gamliel, Chachamim, three opinions. Till when you read Krishna at night? Okay. Imagine you would bring one opinion of Belezer. And then you would say, And by the way, there's a mitzvah to read Krishna at night every night. Uh, because it says, B'shach b'cha, b'shach b'cha of Kumech, and Torah says you have to read Krishna twice a day, and then everybody agrees with, and then you go back to the argument till when? There's something strange about it. The second opinion you bring in context of what they're arguing about, not in context of what they're not arguing about. The Rambam starts saying, Elio Anovi is going to come at a certain time. Then he changes the subject and he discusses the mission statement of Elio Anovi. And, and by the way, there's another opinion when he's going to come. But they're not arguing with what he's going to do. They agree with that. So first, bring that argument when he's going to come. And then, talk about his objective, which everybody agrees with. Unless we have to understand this whole Rambam a little differently. Or a lot differently. Gimel. To understand this, let's bring in a new question, an interesting question. There's a principle that was extremely uh, important in the teachings of the Lubavitcher Rebbe that it's very difficult to assume that there's any machloikas in Torah, which is a machloikas about what happened in fact in the factuality, or what's gonna happen in terms of facts. And as he says in sixteen, the footnote is Re'ez Dei Chemed Mareches Klolim Mareches Mem Klal Kuf Samach Dalit. This Dei Chemed, which is an encyclopedia of halacha, in that section. He has a whole long discussion. He starts off, Machloikas, let me see if I have it open. <laughs> I don't. But he starts off, this Dechemet starts off, Machloikas b'metzi is loy shayach. 
It doesn't make sense that two of the sages are arguing about what happened. Because either it happened this way or it happened this way. How can both be right? We have a principle. Elu in Gemara and Eruv in Daf Yud Gimel, Amad Beis. Yud Gimel, Begematria Echad. Elu Velu Divrele Kim Chayim. Whenever you have opinions, you say both these and these are the words of the living God. In other words, there's truth in every opinion. But if they're arguing about a reality, so then one is, one is false and one is true. You can't have both true. If the argument is about an idea, a principle, how to interpret a posik, what the halacha should be, I understand. There could be different perspectives. How you touch a posik. What's a certain way of looking at things? As it says in Zoya, and it's brought in the introduction of Tanya, that the root of Beishamai's soul was Gvura. The root of Beishilil's soul is Chesed. So people have different paradigms in which they interpret reality, in which they see reality. And not, one is not a lie, one is not truth. Truth is not always an objective fact. Truth is often subjective. In other words, yeah, Beishamai sees it this way and there's a truth to it. And Beishilil sees it this way and there's a truth to it. You know the two guys who met in New York, right? They met in New York, it was March, and they're arguing if it's hot or cold. And one says, it's freezing, I don't know how you live here. And one says, I'm a chaya, such a warm and nice day. Were they arguing? Yeah. Is one a liar and one saying the truth? No. One guy was yesterday in Siberia, and the other one was yesterday in Miami. <laughs> They're not arguing. <laughs> They're, of course, arguing different perspectives. If you were in Siberia, you grew up in Siberia, it's a very nice day. If you grew up in Miami, it's very cold. <laughs> it's very cold. So who's right and who's wrong? There's no right and wrong. It's put it in context. Relative to Siberia, it's hot. Relative to Miami Beach, it's pretty cold. That's why there's a mass migration in the winter. Jews go to their second habitat. They go to Florida. Today, some greater migration, not just for the winter months. Not everything is black and white. But let's go, this is, this is just a very simple example. If you go a step deeper, the Maral explains, a lot of Svarnam explains this. Truth is a rainbow. Hashem's truth. There's a truth of chesed. There's a truth of gvure. They're both true. Not every, not every question has one answer. Not, it's, it's, a, it's a very immature way of looking at reality. So many, most questions have more than one answer. Halacha, I can only do one way. I can only light the first night of Hanukkah one candle or eight candles. But Beishamai has a reason why the first night you light eight candles. And that reason is emes. Elu ve'elu divrelekim chayim. Rabbi Yossi had a reason why not to make an isur on chicken and milk. It's not the halacha. We treat chicken like meat. We don't mix meat with chicken and milk. But Rabbi Yossi had a reason for it. Beishamai and Beishilil have a reason why each one, they argue about having cheese on the table when there's meat on the table. There's a reason that Belezer and Gamliel and the Chachamim argue when is the last time to, the, 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 the deadline or the end time to read Krishna Shalamita, to read Krishna of, of Mayrev, the Krishna of night. Beshamay and Beisilil have a reason of your posture, your physical posture when you read Krishna. Beshamay holds, you lie, you stand. Beisilil says, no difference. Again, and I'm, I'm quoting from Mishnah's Brachas. There's an Arve Nachal. The famous Hasidic work. So uh, he has a whole discussion, I think, in Bereshis. He goes through the Machloikasin of Beishamay and Basil in the first chapter of Shabbos. And he explains spiritually that it depends on their different approaches of Chesed and Gvura. 
And the same is true with all the Tanoim and all the Amirayim. And all the way down Jewish history, there's arguments, there's endless arguments. And each argument has a svara, a mahalach, a perspective, and it's emes. Emes. But when you're dealing with an argument, what happened? Or what's going to happen? One second. What do you mean they're both true? What happened? <laughs> what happened? Were you in Siberia or in Miami? There's only one truth there. So it's very hard. So that's what this Dechemet says. A pluktabimetzias, we, we try to avoid saying that they're fighting about the facts. What did somebody once say? Everyone is entitled to their own opinion, but not everybody is entitled to their own facts. What happened to reality? This Dechemet goes through, I don't know, maybe 20, 30, 40 sources. Toysvis Yomtivs and Shal Sutruvis, Arajba, Mitaran, Mitalech, Mishnah, Amishnah Lamelech. A lot of different sources proving that there is no machloikas b'metzias. Now, here you have to understand what that means. The Raj ben Chulin asks a question of machloikas if yesh begidin benoyis and tam, rain begidin benoyis and tam. If the sciatica, the sciatic nerve, does it exude a flavor or not? How can they argue? Go, they find out. What are you arguing about a metzias? Find out what are, what are you arguing about? Yes, begin He discusses this. You cook matzah. A machloikas does it obliterate the flavor of matzah or not? Find out. What are you arguing about? So the Rajabah says that it's a tam kolosh that it gives out. It exudes a little little flavor. The machloikas is if that's considered a flavor. It's not a machloikas in mitzias. Now, but that's a question. If people can argue about something that you could clarify, you can ascertain. So go find out. Don't argue. What are we going to argue? What about a question about something that happened 3,000 years ago? Or something that happened in the Beis Hamikdash? Do you say over there, also no machlekes b'metzias? Because you seem like to be so many arguments about what happened. So the Stei brings different perspectives. It's possible to say this way, possible to say that way. But the Rebbe used to often say that mitzah, the emes of Torah, there's no machlekes b'metzias. What happened? Because either one happened or another one didn't happen. So there's, you have to interpret it in a particular way. And the Rebbe used to discuss this a lot. It was actually a very original discussion. Because, you know, when you grow up and you're learning, they're always arguing. It happened this way, it happened that way, it happened that way, it happened that way. The Rebbe used to say, it's not simple. You have to go much deeper into it. I remember a lot of Fabrengans, he would discuss this. But here he says, even about the future. If Elu Elirel Kimchem, what's going to happen? Is Elio Anavi coming this day or that day? What are they arguing about? I can understand an argument in Svara, but it's an argument in Metzias. The same argument you have about a bigger question: what Elio Anavi is going to do? Not just when he's going to come, what he's going to do? And here he goes through the whole Mishnah that we learned, the whole Mishnah, right? He goes through the whole Mishnah. The view of Rabbi Yeshua, the view of Rabbi Yehuda, the view of Rabbi Shimon, the view of the Chacham. Then he goes through the whole Rambam. You already know it all. The Rambam says that in Allah there's never an argument. This is what he says in the Rambam introduction to Perusha Mishnayis. Then Hilchis Mamnim Perik Aleph. Okay, the Chavis Yoyer, famous Hashlashuvus Chavis Yoyer has a whole question. Can, can you really say in Allah Chalamayshim Mishnayis there's no arguments? Not for this year. But the Rambam clearly holds that Allah Chalamayshim Mishnayis things we heard from Moshe. There's no debate. So how can there be a debate 
about what Eliyahu Anavi is going to do. So he quotes now the whole Rambam that we learned. The whole Rambam. That Moshe Rabbeinu just said, Eliyahu Anavi is going to remove evil. He's going to get rid of the gangsters. He didn't say what that means. Rabbi Shimon has one perspective, Rabbi Yehuda has another perspective, Rabbi Yehuda has a third perspective, Rabbi Shimon has a fourth perspective. Then comes the Machleikas about Veheshev Levavis Albanim, and he goes through here the whole Bartanura. That Rabbi Yehuda and Tanakama, Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yeshua hold that Veheshev Levavis Albanim is about Yuchsin. You're going to find out your lineage. Rabbi Yeshua says, he's going to say, you come from this father, you come from this father, you come from this mother, you come from this mother, and therefore you come in. And you come out. And we're talking about those who were distanced by force or those who were brought in by force. Rabbi Yehuda, the second opinion, says, Why? Why? So he brings here, these are quotes from Batanura and Toysvis Yomtev, Chamas, being a thug is only throwing away somebody who belongs here. But bringing in somebody who doesn't belong here, that's not the gangster. Interesting vart. So, Reb Shimon says it's about teachers and students. And Chachamim say it's about peace. It's about peace between people. After all these quotes, which you should know by now, go to page 9, second paragraph. At the end of the day, however you spin it, we have a huge argument about what's going to happen. Rabbi Yeshua holds that Yohanavi is going to do one thing, Rabbi Yehuda says another thing, Rabbi Shimon says a third thing, Chachamim say a fourth thing. How can they argue about facts? Facts of the past or facts of the future? Number one, how can they argue about when Yohanavi is going to come? And how can you say both either it's this way or that way. One is right, one is wrong. person can't come two times simultaneously, two different times. Maybe in quantum physics. And how can Eliyahu Anavi do four different things and they all argue about it? So I can say one is right, one is wrong. What is Eliyahu Anavi going to do? Is he going to do this or is he going to do that? Chachamim say he's not getting involved in the whole union of Yichis. It's not his thing. As the Rambam explains why. That's not dealing with evil. That's not eliminating evil. If somebody wants the emes, they can have yichas hakol yisachsu ala emes. Everybody will be zichmesachas to the emes. Which probably the Rambam means here, I just thought. Hakol yisachsu ala emes could also mean everybody will discover the truth and they're going to want to identify with truth. So maybe that answers my previous question, how it's going to eliminate those who don't belong in a certain place. They themselves will embrace that, perhaps. Literally, when you learn the Ramam, the Yichas is not going to be so much to families, it's going to be to the Rebbeinu Shalom, to Torah. So that's why I asked what I asked. Okay, interesting. The Sikh is going to answer this question on the Rambam. But I'm just thinking maybe the Rambam also means if you know this is the MS, you're going you're gonna to accept it. Okay, now clear it. So we're, we're back to our questions. Everything clear? Anybody wants to ask anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I have one question. How, how many days before will NNOV will come, before Mashiach will come? <laughs> we'll soon see. Gemara in Erevin Mem Gimel. Gemara in the whole Sugya. 
Look up Erevin Mem Gimel, you have a whole sugi about that. With Erev Shabbos, Mit Shabbos, Alebedek is sugi. We'll soon see. We're going to talk. We're going to talk about that Gemara soon. We'll talk about that Gemara soon. Erevin Daf Mem Gimel, yeah. In fact, I saw, I saw somebody asked a good question. I saw in the comments here. Let me see one second. On the yeshiva.net in this year, I saw somebody ask an interesting question. Uh, when will Eliyahu Anavi show up? So somebody asked here, Gavaldika Shaila, Avne Shoyam, Rebavram Peretz, Avne Shoyam. He says, I don't understand. After asking Mechila from the Rambam, Mechayrin Erevin, it says clearly that Eliyahu Hanavi is coming before Mashiach. So the Rambam says, The way I see it from the Nevi'im, the way I see it from the Nevi'im, this is what's going to happen. But the Gemara clearly says in Erevin that a day before Mashiach comes, Asa Eliyahu came yesterday to be Mavasa, to tell everybody about Biyas HaMashiach. Says, I don't understand. How could the Rambam just, you know, so to speak, neglect this Gemara and say, there are Chachamim who hold that. But really, the first opinion is Eliyahu Anavi is coming earlier. When the Gemara clearly says when Eliyahu Anavi is coming, and there's no argument there in the Gemara. It's an interesting question. It's an interesting question. So, but Pashtos, I'm not sure, but the Rambam himself clearly says, that the Chachamim spoke about this, but they were not sure. <laughs> they were not sure, because the Nevi'im are not clear, and the Chachamim didn't have a, 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 tr- didn't have a tradition. And therefore, there's always different ways to look at it. And maybe the Rambam therefore felt that in these areas, when he's reading the Nevi'im, this is, but still, he's saying, if the Gemara says this, like, why? This is the opinion. This is what Chazal say. It's not like the Chazal bring two opinions. It's an interesting question. You have to know, did the Rambam have a clear source for this? Or is this the Rambam's own interpretation from what he saw in the Nevi'im? So thus, Tzarech Iyun. According to this Sikha, though, the whole question goes off. <laughs> we'll soon see the answer. The whole question goes off. Does this ever happen? According to Rabbi Yehud and Rabbi Yeshua, he's going to correct those who deliberately were forced out of Kalal Yisrael or even those who forced their way in. Did this ever happen? Which non-Jew ever for, deliberately forced their way into the family of Jews? At most, some non-Jews may have been duped by those who call themselves rabbis the last 200 years to consider themselves to be Jewish. But you see, the Mishnah tells a story about, about uh, based Tzrifa. Let's get to the answer. What do you mean there's no factual disputes in the Torah? <laughs> Two people come to Bezdin, everybody claiming that the talus is there. Two women are claiming the baby is theirs. No, you didn't understand. Torah deals with people who come with factual disputes. But between the sages themselves, there's no factual disputes. Or at least you have to look at it in a deeper way. So that on this Mishnah in Adias, the Toysvis Yomtev writes that um, that Teku is Tishbi Yetaritz Kushiz Vibayas. That teku stands for, literally teku means let the question stand. Whenever the Gemara has a dilemma or a question that's unresolvable, it says teku, let it stand. But the Tosis Yom says that it's the acronym Tishbi Yitaritz Kushiz Veboyas. 
Eliyahu Anovi is going to answer all the questions. And that's perhaps the opinion of Reb Shimon, Lahash Machloikas. He's going to make peace for the Machloikas. There's not going to be Machloikas anymore. Okay. Let's move on next step. Now we come to the answer. Dalit. The Lubavitcher Rebbe suggests, perhaps, one way of explaining this is that when we speak about Elio Hanavi showing up in the future, there's two different ways of understanding it. There's Elio Hanavi showing up as the beginning of the process of Geula, redemption. In the words of the Pasuk, This is sending Eliyahu as an introduction, right before or before the great awesome day, that's one element. But there's another way of looking at it. Eliyahu is showing up as an independent, self-contained reality, that's not part of the Geula. He could come. He may come in the future. And he may do many great things. But it's Eliyahu Anavi accomplishing things in the future just like he accomplished so many things in the past. You read in the Tanakh in Malachim about Eliyahu Anavi, his negotiations and his prophecies to the wicked king Achav and his queen Ezevel. The stories, uh, the story of Eliyahu Anavi's confrontation with the prophets of the pagan idolatry Baal building the two altars on Mount Carmel, getting the nation to declare Hashem Uelikim, Hashem Uelikim. And other stories of Eliyahu Anovi that you could read about in Tanakh and in Tereshabal Peh about the life of Eliyahu Anovi before he went up in the fire to heaven with his soul and his body as described in the Tanakh. He did amazing, amazing things, not as part of the Geula, not as part of the future Geula. Even after Eliyahu Anavi goes up to heaven, we find throughout Jewish history Eliyahu Anavi showing up, sometimes in a physical body, to accomplish many different things, to save an individual, to save the collective, things that affected people or communities or Klal Yisrael or sages, Jews who had Gilu Eliyahu, Torah Peh, Gemara, Medrashim, Zoyar, and subsequent Svarim are filled and saturated with stories of Eliyahu Anavi, even after his physical lifetime as a prophet in the time of the first Beis HaMikdash. In fact, we have two major books, Medrashim, called Tona Deve Eliyahu Zuta, Tona Deve Eliyahu Rabbah, which means the teachings of the yeshiva of Eliyahu, 
the small version and the large version. The Gemara says, where's it in Ksuvis, that Rav Onan, one of the great Talmudic sages, he learned from Elio and all, the, all these all these teachings, and it was compiled in Tana Deve Elio, Zuta is a smaller version, and Elio Rabba much greater, much more. Because he'd learned with him once, and then there was an interruption, and he learned again with him, and the first time was much more, so it's called Tanah Deve and we have it. And these are the teachings of Elio Anavi. So Elio Anavi comes, and he teaches us. And they're incredible smartim. They're incredible smartim. Beautiful, beautiful teachings of Elio Anavi. And this is after he moved away from the physical world. So when you say Elio Anavi is going to come in the future, it can be two elements, two different things. One is Elio Anavi coming, as a prep for Mashiach, for the Gula. And one is Mashiach will come in the future and do amazing things, incredible things, but not part of Gula. Just like throughout Jewish history, Elio Anavi showed up, sometimes affecting individuals, sometimes affecting the Klal. He's going to come and do amazing things, but not part of Gula. Comes the Rebbe and says, the argument here is not what Elio Anavi is going to do. No, it's not even an argument when he's going to come. The question is a question of what are things that he's going to do that are part of Gula and what are things that he's going to do not as part of Gula. Sifhei. Hapluk de b'mishnim balerachik ulekarav lekarav avalelerachik elasa shalom boilam alpi ha'omosh leitetachim pluk de b'mitziyas harei lekul ha'omirachik is amukarav in b'zroya v'yikarav is amaruchok in b'zroya he says the argument is not about facts. Everybody actually holds he's going to do all these things. And, and let's actually think about it because if I'm not mistaken, there's something else very logical here. If you have a family that was actually distanced by force from Klal Yisrael or from Kohuna, is it really just to just ignore them? Is it really just? Or the other way around. If there's a family that everybody knows they made their way in by force, is it, is it just to maintain the status quo because we don't like to get involved in messy situations? Rabbi Yeshua says, these are gangsters. You can't force your way against justice, against morality, against God's will. You can't. Rabbi Yehuda says, we're going to keep that family out? Chavah say, no, he's not getting involved in this. So the Rebbe says, no, it's not Pshad, they're not arguing about facts. Everybody holds, a family that's intermingled is intermingled, that's the halacha. Once they're part of Klai Yisrael, they're part of Klai Yisrael, nobody is dismissing them, nobody is questioning them, nobody is delegitimizing them. That's done. But if we know for sure that there's an injustice happening here, and this person really doesn't belong here, and they're usurping a position that's not part of their mission in this world, or the other way around. There's a family that we know that was distanced, and we know it. Eliyahu is not going to allow that to happen. He's going to bring back those who we have to bring back, 
And those who don't belong, he's going to tell them, you don't belong. It's for their own benefit. If you belong somewhere you don't belong, it's for your own benefit. If I take something that belongs to you, it's not good for me, even if, the, even, if, even, if, even if I don't get caught. But my soul is allergic to theft. Every person has their place in life. I told you many times the Kalina Vart. Don't fight with your Makim in the world. Don't fight with your Makim. Shloim is Basdivri, right? His son. He got into a fight because he wanted to pitch his tent by Machin Adon at the end of Parshish Emmer, and they didn't accept him because his father was an Egyptian. So he cursed Hashem. A beautiful piece there from the Ishbitze, the Heliki, the Meashiloyach. People have to accept where God wants you to be and where He doesn't want you to be. If He doesn't want me in your tent, so then I have a different tent. It may be a very original tent because this guy, his father wasn't Jewish. You have to embrace your space in life. It's very important. It's not good for people to usurp position. Don't belong to them. We don't compete with each other. I have my contribution. You have your contribution. Nobody's taking away anybody else's light. You can't steal my light. And I can't steal your light. I wanted to say you can't steal my thunder and I can't steal your thunder. But it's not about thunder. It's about your, your shlichus in the world, your mission in the world. So the Rebbe says, everyone holds a Leowanov, he's going to do this. The question is, we have a tradition from Moshe Rabbeinu. Eliyahu is going to remove the chamosim, the, the thieves, the thugs, the gangsters, as a preparation for Mashiach. The question is not if Eliyahu is going to do it, but if Eliyahu is going to do it as a self-contained action, just like Eliyahu Anavi has done things a hundred years ago, I don't know about a hundred, a thousand years ago, five hundred years ago, two thousand years ago, and when he lived, and he's going to do something in the future as well. It's not connected to his role in the Gula, in the ultimate final messianic Gula. Or maybe not. Or maybe these things are part of the role of the Gula. So there's no argument what he's going to accomplish. He's going to do these things. But is this considered part of Gula? Or is this self, the, the self-contained actions Elio was going to do independent of Gula? That's the argument. So the Rambam says, Moshe Rabbeinu told us Elio Anavi is going to come. Moshe Rabbeinu also told us Elio Anavi is coming. The Pesach says, Moshe Rabbeinu told us he's going to come to be Mesalik the Hamasim, to get rid of the thugs. He's going to do that. And the question is not what he's going to do in that. The question is what actions in this realm are considered part of Gula and not part of Gula. Tanakama holds, Rabbi Yeshua, the first Tana holds, to bring back families that were distanced. And to remove those who made their way in by force. That's part of the Hamasim that Moshe Rabbeinu spoke about as an introduction to Geula. Rabbi Yehuda says, removing those who made their way in by force, Eliyahu is going to do it. Eliyahu is going to do it. Because they're not Mishpacha Shanitma, they're not intermingled. But it's not part of getting rid of the Hamas that Moshe spoke about. And he says in parentheses on top of 10, making yourself closer, even if it's by force, is not called Hamas. You're not a gangster. 
If you throw out somebody who belongs and you throw them out, that's chamos. That's robbery. That's not good. <laughs> somebody who make who somebody who brings themselves close and they don't belong there, he says that's not chamos. <laughs> they may not belong there, but it's not chamos. Avart. That's Rabbi Yehuda. Chachamim say, Bringing people back in the right yichas, that's not where thuggery comes in. That's not, uh, that's not. Ultimately, everybody comes from God and everybody has a Torah. That's not the issue. Elio is going to do it, according to the Rambam. Elio is going to do it. He's going to do it. If you're not intermingled, he's going to do it. But that's not called removing Hamas. That's not part of the Geula. What's part of the Geula? Lasa Shalom Ba'ilam. And according to Reb Shimon, it's to, uh, it's to be mash for machloikas. And he says in Sivav, I'm going to say it by heart, and the Rambam accepts the view of the Chachamim. That's why the Rambam doesn't say, we go back to the question, the Rambam doesn't say that Elio won't be metame, metayer, poisel, machsher, he actually will. The Rambam doesn't say, he won't say on a kosher that he's poisel, on a poisel that he's kosher, he will! If somebody's family was not intermingled into Klal Yisrael and it's obvious that this family was distanced, he's going to say, Hevra, come back. The truth is going to be revealed. And if somebody doesn't belong here, he's going to reveal the truth and they themselves going to want to run away. When you realize you don't belong in this relationship, it's not good for you. He's going to do it. The Rambam doesn't say he's not going to say it. The Rambam says, Ain't no He's not coming for that purpose. In other words, the coming of Elio and Novi that we talk about. That the Bias Elio, Elio coming as a separate private citizen, so to speak, as Elio and Novi to accomplish great things, that they will do. The Rambam doesn't say he won't do this, he won't say it, he won't be metame, he will be metame, he will be metayer, he will passel, he will kasher. He's not coming as a hachana from Mashiach. The coming of Elio that the Navi says, as a preparation for Gula, with the tradition of Allah that that's going to come to remove the toxicity of Hamas, the toxicity of, of venom and negativity and gangsters. That's not to be metame anybody. It's not to be metayed anybody. Yichas doesn't play a role according to the Chachamim. Even though if he may do it, He's coming. Now we have also an answer to the second question. After he discusses what Elio Anovi is going to do, he says there's another opinion that he's going to come right before Mashiach. He has to put it here. Because if we're right, that the argument is only what Elio Anovi is going to do as part of the Geula, right? Rabbi Yehuda has his opinion, Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Shimon, Chachamim, and the Rambam paskins like Chachamim, the Rambam paskins like Chachamim, that it's going to be the concept of Chsilu Chachamosim, Lasus Shalom Ba'olam, to remove fights, to make peace in the world. The argument is, what is the activity of Elio Hanavi in this area? But the fact that he's going to do it, Everybody holds this. Everybody holds he's going to do all these things. The question is, what's called Siluk Hamas? Rabbi Yudah has his opinion. Shimon has his opinion. Rishu has his opinion. Chama has his opinion. But Eliyahu Anavi is going to do this. He's going to do this. 
The question is, what's that? But that he's going to do all of them, he's going to do all of them. Comes the Rambam and says, there's another opinion. Some Chachamim say, Mashiach is coming, and right before that Eliyahu Hanavi is going to come. This means, the whole idea that Eliyahu Hanavi is going to remove the gangsters, that's something Eliyahu Hanavi is going to do. But the coming of Eliyahu as a preparation to Mashiach, that's a separate thing. Eliyahu is going to come right before Mashiach to tell us that Mashiach is coming. And that's what the Gemara says in Eriv and Daphmem Gimel. Eliyahu is going to come right before, a day before Mashiach to tell us Mashiach is coming. So there's no arguments in fact. It could be Eliyahu is going to come before Goyge Magog. And Eliyahu is going to prepare the world and he's going to do a lot of great things. But according to the second opinion, that's not part of Mashiach. That's not part of Gula. Eliyahu will come just like he came at different points of history. The second opinion has a whole new definition, a whole new perspective. That's why the Rambam puts it after he discussed the objective of Eliyahu Because according to this opinion... All of that that we spoke about, Eliyahu Hanavi is going to be Merachik, Mekarev, Mekarev, not Merachik, That's all the perspective that Eliyahu Hanavi is doing, as part of Geula. The question is, which one? There's four opinions. Then there's a whole new opinion. And the opinion is not arguing if he's going to come before. And it's not arguing if he's going to do all those things. There's no Machlaikas and Metzias. This opinion is Elio's arrival appearance as a prep for Mashiach. This is just to tell the world Mashiach is coming. That's what it is. So now we understand how the Rambam writes these halachas. The Rambam begins from the Nevi'im. It seems like he's coming before Goygan Magik. And he's going to prepare the Jewish people and prepare their hearts. And this everybody actually agrees with. He's going to come. It's not an argument. As it sees, as you can see from the Nevi'im. Then he says, why is he going to come? He's going to come to make peace in the world. This is the opinion of the Chachamim. That when Halach HaLemoshim Yisinai told us that before Mashiach, Eliyahu Hanavi is going to come to remove the Hamasim, to remove the gangsters. What does it mean? It means that as a preparation for Yom Hashem, for B'yas HaMashiach, he's going to come not to be metame. Not to be mirachik, not to be mekarev, to make shalom ba'olam as the fourth opinion in Mishnayis and Mesachasadius. That's the objective. That's why he's coming. The fact that he's going to come before going and Magig, that everybody agrees with. Why is he going to come? There's different ways of understanding why he's going to come. So he says, This is the opinion of the Chachamim. That the tradition of Allah for the Siluk Hamasan, for the removing of the Hamas, this is in connection to Biya Samashiach. This is in connection to Yoim Havaya. That's what it's for. That's what it's for. It's Beshaykh is to Biya Samashiach. What is removing Hamas? There's four opinions. The Rambam Paskas like the Chachamah. Then he brings a whole other opinion. There's Chachamim who say, Eliyahu. Eliyahu is coming right before the coming of Mashiach to tell us that Mashiach is coming. Ah, he's going to remove the Hamasim. Moshe told us he will. 
Yeah, but that's a separate thing that Merlio Anavi is going to do before Mashiach comes, before Goygamagag. But it's not an intro to Mashiach. It's not the Yoim Hashem Agadol Vanayra. The Bias Eliyol, if ne Yoim Hashem, that's before Bias HaMashiach Yom Eliyol. Now, it says, Hine Yanoichi Sheleich Lechem Eliyol Anavi. And the next part of the Heshev Levav is Albonim. So, how do we understand this? It seems like Mashiach is coming and then the Heshev Levav is Albonim. Right? So, what's the second opinion? So, you could say two ways here, and that's what he discusses in 35. One way is, and that's what it seems like from the Rambam, the Rambam says a Navi is going to stand up. Before going he doesn't finish He only brings later as a proof to the Chachamim that it's going to be Lazar Shalom Ba'ilam. So it seems like that according to the Chachamim, that before Mashiach, Yahweh Eliyahu, so Bias Eliyahu is not Beshaykh, it's the end of 35. I think there's a mistake here. One second. I know there's a mistake. There's missing a word. <laughs> bad mistake. The, the, whoever, whoever retypes it, it is bad mistake. You can learn two ways. The first opinion is that that's all one unit. Mashiach is coming before, Eliyahu is coming before Mashiach to return the parents to the children. What that means, Rabbi Yehuda has an opinion, Rabbi Yeshua has an opinion, Rabbi Shimon has an opinion, Chacham has an opinion, Rabbi Pastor is like the Chacham. The second opinion says, yeah, it's two separate things. Prepare you for Mashiach, tell you Mashiach is coming. is a completely separate thing. Mashiach, Eliyahu is also going to do that, not as a part of Gula, and that's the second opinion. And that's why the Rambam brings the second opinion only after he says what Eliyahu Anavi is going to do, because according to the second opinion, all those things that Eliyahu Anavi is going to do, even though the second opinion agrees with it, but it's not part of a Gula, so therefore the Rambam says it afterwards. What's Eliyahu going to do as part of Gula? Tell us that Mashiach is coming, like the Gemara says in Eriv and Dachmem Gimel. His job is just to tell us, Hevre, Mashiach is done. That's his Indian. That's Eliyahu for Gula. That's Gula, to be able to become aware Gula is here. The removal of all the evil and all the negativity, it's the beautiful stuff. But that's not what you need Eliyahu on before as part of Gula. He'll come before Gagamagag, he'll take care of all of that. That's the second opinion. The first opinion says, no, that is part of the Gula. We'll soon see, why would there be an argument about this? We'll see in a moment. Another way you could learn, which has a lot of milas, <laughs> In the beginning of 35, that is also according to the second opinion. What's Mashiach going to do as part of Geula? He's going to be, means he's going to prepare the Jewish people, the fathers and the children, prepare them for Bias Mashiach. Not Yuchsim, not Shalom Ba'ilam, not Lahashris Machlaikas, but Layashi Yisrael Libam to bring everybody to tell them the Geula is here and prepare them for it. Perhaps. Which would make sense because Vehishiv Levavos Albanim says right after Hine Shalechem Anavi. So to do split between the two would be difficult. That's how the Rebbe understands this Rambam. Now the question is why would they argue about this? 
So he says in Siv Ches, an interesting thing. It depends, each person spoke from his perspective based on what Geula is. What is Geula? What does it mean to be redeemed? There's so many different definitions, right? If a person is in prison, what does Geula mean? Get me out of prison. But what if I'm out of prison, but I'm an addict, I'm addicted. I'm still in prison. I'm free, I can do whatever I want, but I'm in prison. What if I'm not addicted, but what if I have terrible anger issues? What if I have lazy, a lot of, what if I have, I'm terribly lazy or insecure or fearful? Or I'm always guided and affected by my traumas. What if I have narciss, narcissism? I'm, 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 I'm a prisoner. I'm a prisoner to myself. In a way, it's a deeper prison. So what does Geula mean? Geula is not one definition. Every person has a different definition of Geula. What is Geula for me, for you, may still be exile for me. You're in prison. You want to get out of prison. I'm out of prison, but I'm still in exile. It all depends who you are, where you are, and what context you're before. One Golos is somebody else's Geula. And one Geula is somebody else's Golos. The Maral of Prague, the Rebbe says, teaches us in a Sefer Gvuris Hashem that the moment the Jewish people left Egypt, they could never be slaves again. It wasn't a geographical liberation, it was an existential liberation. They are now a divine people, they will never be slaves again. Physically they may be slaves, but emotionally they will never tolerate it again. That's why the Maral says Jews could celebrate Pesach even when they were subjugated and confined under terrible conditions, they could still celebrate Geula. Why? Because Geula is not just geographical. It's internal, it's emotional, spiritual. It's who you are as a person. If you really belong to God, then you're a free man. You're a free woman. Nobody controls you. But one second. Does that mean after Egypt, Jews were never in Gaulus? They were in Gaulus. You can't compare when they were under David or Shleim HaMalach in a free land of Israel with their own commonwealth, their own dependence to Gaulus Bava. But Maral says after Yitzhi's Mitzrayim, there's no Gaulus. It's relative. Yes, there's a Gaula of after Mitzrayim that will always remain the condition of the Jewish people. But within that itself, they could still be in Gaulus. You have Rabbeinu HaKadosh. Rabbeinu HaKadosh, he was very close friends with Antoninus, with the Roman emperor. It was a great time for the Jewish people. Was it Geula? Well, relative to a previous generation where there was horrific oppression, Adrian and the, after the Chorban, Rebbe lived around the 150, 200 after the Kamen era, 150 years after the Chorban. It was much more benevolent. There was no Xeris Hamalchus. He had a mezuzah, he was close to Rebbe, Shnei Goyim Bevitnech, Shnei Geyim. But it's still under Rome. It's not Mashiach, it's not Geula. But the generation before Reb Shimon Bayechai, before Reb Yudanosi, he had to hide in a cave for 13 years. <laughs> Rebbe didn't have to hide in caves. And then you have Reb Hillel Paritcher, who writes that he heard in the name of the Balatai, name of the Alter Rebbe, that there are souls like Reb Shimon Bayechai and other souls for whom there was no Chorban. In other words, in their consciousness, there was no Chorban based on Mektesh. The Geula was always there. He's in a cave for 13 years, physically, but mentally. He was a free man. The deepest secrets of the Torah, the Zoyar, were revealed in the cave. He was there with Rabbi Eleazar, Rabbi Eleazar's son, for 13 years. Physically, the worst conditions. Comes the Alter Rebbe and says, souls like Rav Shem ben Yechai, for them, the Beis HaMikdash was not destroyed. 
physically it was destroyed, but in terms of their consciousness of the divine oneness and intimacy, they were free people. Now take every person individually. The Gemara is the Mishnah says in Berkei when you learn Torah, you're a free man or a free woman. A Jew learns Torah, he's or she, if you're really learning, you're a free person. In Tanya it says, when a Jew davens, you have a gula protest. There's an individual gula. Your soul is emancipated from all the trappings and all the confinements and all the shackles. Real tefillah is alignment with infinite oneness. And in a moment of alignment, you're a free man or woman walking. So are you going to say hagaymal after every davening? You should say hagaymal because you came out of prison. You don't say hagaymal. That Baal Shem Tov said that every time he stays alive after davening, it's a miracle. <laughs> because the electricity, the voltage was nuclear. The nuclear energy was so powerful, he should have expired. He's back in his body. It's a miracle. We don't say Hagoyimel after every davening, even if you experience gula, because it's relative. Yes, there is a certain gula of davening. Real alignment with oneness is gula. Real learning is gula. Rajbi was in a state of gula, but it's not. It's not the ultimate gula. There's gula and gula and gula. I could be in gulus. I could be gula today, but tomorrow it's gulus, and there's deeper. So what do we see from here? We see from here there's no one definition of Geula. And therefore, the sages can argue what aspect of Eliyohanavi's accomplishments are really part of Geula. For the later Chacham and the second opinion in the Rambam, removing gangsters, removing evil, removing Machloikas, making peace, Yuchsin, straightening out families, are all good stuff, important stuff. But that's not the definition of Mashiach. That's not Eliyahu Anavi coming from Mashiach. It's a much higher level. Eliyahu Anavi coming from Mashiach is to be able to embrace Mashiach. To be able to tell you, Hevre, Mashiach is here to be able to really open yourself up to that. That's Eliyahu Anavi's goal. That's his mission. All the other things he's going to accomplish, it's good stuff, great stuff. But that's not what Mashiach is. For them, that's all pre or not pre-Gula, it's all Gula, but pre-Mashiach Gula. However, other Chacham, the first opinion, say no. Getting rid of gangsters, getting rid of evil, eliminating toxicity, is part of Gula. It's not just an individual event that Elio Hanavi does, or a big event that Elio Hanavi does, even one that affects the whole world. It's part of the Geula of Klal Yisrael. And this was a reflection of each individual's own identity and consciousness. The Rebbe didn't get into discuss what he meant. In other words, why Rabbi Yehuda said this, Rabbi Shua said this, Rabbi Shimon said this, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai said this, the Chachamim say this. But each one's opinion is a reflection of where he stood in terms of what Geula is. And therefore understood what it means Eliyo Anavi is coming as part of Geula. So Eliyahu Anavi is coming. And Moshe Rabbeinu said Eliyahu Anavi is coming before Mashiach. And Moshe Rabbeinu said Eliyahu Anavi is going to be Lehasir HaChamasim. And here there were two ways of looking at it. The first way of looking at it is that Eliyahu Anavi is in preparation for Mashiach is to get rid of corruption. That's the beginning. Get rid of corruption in Klal Yisrael. Not a bad idea. And that's what we need Eliyahu Anavi for. And that's the beginning of Gula. What does it mean to get rid of corruption? There's four opinions. The Rambam Paschal is like the fourth. 
There's four opinions. How can there be opinions in Allah Moshe Misina? Because Moshe was speaking very general. And it's four opinions. What does it mean? And then finally, there's the last view in the Rambam, the second view in the Rambam. And no, Eliyahu and Abistak are going to come and accomplish all these things. And he could come before Gogol Mugging. And there's no debate about facts. There's no Machlaikas Bimitsiyas. But those are not preparations for Geula. That's not part of Lifnei Boi Yom Hashem HaGadol Vaner. Lifnei Boi Yom Hashem HaGadol Vaner is Eliyahu coming to tell us the Mashiach is coming. It's not surmeira. It's not getting rid of all the ra. That Eliyahu will accomplish. That that for, for this second opinion, that's all a given. That you take for granted. Of course Eliyahu is going to do that. Like he did a lot of things in history. Opening yourself up. Gula. Gula is a whole different Indian. Just like for Rashbi. Rav Shimon And Rav Shimon in the missions of Shimon What other people call Gula, for him it's not Gula. That was even in the cave. He experienced divine oneness in the cave. So what's Gula for him? A whole different thing. You understand? It's always relative to where you are in the world. For one person, what's Mashiach? I don't have a headache of tuition. I don't have a headache of Morgan. That may be Mashiach for him. One person, another person, that's not Mashiach for him. Mashiach is something else. And so it's deeper and deeper and deeper. What is Eliyahu Anavi accomplishing as part of Mashiach, as part of Gula? That depends what's Gullah's by you and what's Gullah. Who held stuff the belt? And it's different truths. There's no one truth there. It's different truths. So everybody holds it. He's getting, is getting rid of corruption. The question is, does is Gullah? Does is Mashiach that we got rid of corruption? The first opinion says, yeah, does is Mashiach. <laughs> Rabbi Yehuda says, Rabbi Shua says, says, each in their own way, getting rid of corruption, getting rid of hate, getting rid of strife, getting rid of lies, getting rid of deception, getting rid of terrorism among Jews and among the nations. You'll see in the footnotes, he brings the view of the Ravid, that the Chachamim talk about peace. The Rambam says peace is between Jews. The Ravid says peace is between Jews and non-Jews. The world will be a place of peace. That's how the Ravid learns a Mishnah. You can see it in the footnotes. And then there's a second opinion that says, no, no, no. That's all a given. Of course, Eliyahu Hanavi has to do that. The Nekudah of Mashiach is. Mashiach will open your eyes and be able to... Eliyahu Hanavi, what's, what's the point of Eliyahu Hanavi? He'll be able to open everybody. You know, it says, could you see that Mashiach is here? <laughs> Mashiach is here already. Tomorrow morning you'll see Mashiach. But, but to know that today, that's a, that's a transformation of consciousness on a much deeper level. It's beyond emancipation for corruption. There's a lot to say on this. There's a deep machlaikas here. What is Gula? What is really Gula? And it's not a machlekas in facts. It's a machlekas in understanding and awareness of reality. And there's always infinite levels of interpretation. I know it's late, so by heart I'm going to say over the last point. The Rebbe says the same thing is about the beginning of Perikid Beis. And this comes back to our previous classes of previous weeks. The Rambam says, don't think that when Mashiach comes, nature is going to be changed. The world is going to follow the ordinary laws of nature. And when it says that the wolf will live with the lamb, it's allegorical. That the Jews and the nations will have peace. And the Rambam says there's so many metaphors. And when they happen, what it says about Mashiach, what's going to happen then are metaphors, allegories, and we'll see what they mean when they happen. The Ravid argues with the Rambam. And he says, the Pasuk says, Bishbati Chayra Minaretz. Mashiach, part of the prophecy is we're going to eliminate wild animals. 
which is a change of nature. The wolf will live with the lamb is literal. Here again, how can they argue about facts? Which one is true, which one is not true? Will there be a change of nature? Will there not be a change of nature? You say, they're arguing. But based on this paradigm that the Rebbe establishes, that there's no such arguments in Torah, or at least very rarely, how do you explain this? So the Rebbe says, let's remember what we spoke once about this. This is the Sikhs of Nisan 73, Tavshin Lamed Gimel, printed in Chelech Havzayim Bechukai Seid Var Malchus, previous Simon, Simon Gimel. We learned this last week, last week and the previous week. The title was, Why the Rambam Negates Mashiach Miracles. There's no argument. The Rambam agrees with the Rabbi, there's going to be miracles. He says there's going to be Tchiyas HaMesim. Resurrection of the dead is one of the th- 13 principles of faith. So of course the Rambam agrees. It's not an argument about Metzias. It's an argument about what's the definition of Mashiach. The Rambam holds the definition of Mashiach is he doesn't have to make miracles, he doesn't have to resurrect the dead. He may make miracles, but that's not the definition of Mashiach, and therefore you're not going to test him through these miracles. And therefore it's not an essential component for the Mashiach. He may do it, just like he's a Navi, he may be a Navi, and he may make miracles, but that's not his definition, and therefore he also holds that the world by definition doesn't have to be a supernatural world. Maybe it will be, right away. But it's not the definition of Mashiach. Here itself, you could say two things. Number one, there's going to be two errors. The first error will be nature, natural. The second error will be miraculous. Or, as the Rambam says in the letter of Tchiyas HaMesim, that it's possible that even in the beginning there's going to be miracles and the wolf will live with the lamb is not metaphoric. As the Rambam writes in the Geras, Tchiyas HaMesim explained at length in last week's class. Perhaps the Rebbe says, Yeshleimer, it depends if the Jews are Zachu or Loi Zachu. If it's Zachu, if they merit, it could be miracles right away. But in a book of Halacha, which discusses what's the essential components of Mashiach, the, 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 the skin, the, the minimum requirements, the bare minimum of Mashiach is, you don't need, you don't need miracles. There may be miracles right away. Two ways of looking at it. So he's not arguing with the Ramam about facts. They're arguing in the Svara. What is the union of Mashiach? What is the union of Gula? Similar to what the Rebbe explained about Eliyahu Navi, it's reflected also in the first Halacha and Rambam. He concludes the Sikha, Sif Yud, page 13 in your source sheets, and I'll still tell you, you have to learn this maybe a few times, but try to learn it inside with the source sheets, it'll be much better. So if you go to theyeshiva.net, you could see the source sheets for this shear. When will Eliyahu Navi show up? So he says, let's pray, let's hope. Should be the will of Hashem that very soon Eliyahu Anavi will come to inform us about the coming of Mashiach. Especially by us adding in Torah and Mitzvahs, the Rambam says, look at the world and yourself as a scale that's balanced, and one mitzvah can tip the scale. Especially when Jews come together with love and with unity and true love and true unity through Torah, which is truth. For example, when we learn Rambam, which the Rambam includes the whole Torah, all of the halachas. And the unity of the Jewish people obliterates the reason for the exile. And therefore, when you obliterate the reason, you obliterate the results. If you get rid of the cause, you get rid of the effect. If the cause of Golas was Sinas Chinam, so the cause, you get rid of the cause, you get rid of the effect. And this unity will not just be, it's not just a unity for Jews, but a unity for the whole world. Mashiach is going to fix the whole world. Like the Ramam finishes his Sefer, that the whole world will be immersed in Hashem's knowledge. And the whole world will be filled with God's knowledge. 
And when you finish the Ram, you go back to the beginning of the Rambam, how does he begin the first Perik, the first Halacha, the foundation of foundations and the pillar of wisdoms is to know that there's a primary being who brings into existence every existence and everything from heaven and earth and in between only comes from the truth of his existence. So we now see the clear connection between the last words of the Rambam and the first words of the Rambam. The last words of the Rambam is that the whole world will be filled with divine awareness. And with divine knowledge, like water covers the sea, which means that the first halacha in Rambam will be manifested conspicuously. That every single creature in heaven and earth and in between will recognize and personify and embody his or her own truth. And what's their truth? Amita Simotzi, the truth of Hashem. The glory of Hashem will be revealed and everybody will see it. And that's what real das is. Kamayim le'amachasim, real das is that you could see it. This will happen by the ultimate and true redemption through Mashiach, speedily, and as the Rambam says in Hilchus Tshuva Perik Zion, that miyad heinigolin, that the Torah promises Jews will do Tshuva, and then they will be redeemed immediately, miyad, he says miyad means miyad, miyad means literally, kipshutoy, take it from miyad mamash immediately, amen kain yehi ratzin. Okay, let's take, uh, let's take some questions, if there are. Do you think getting rid of corruption is the inner desire of the heart to be completely one with God? Yeah, I think so. Doesn't it say Eliyahu Anavi comes to every bris? Eliyahu Anavi comes to every seder? Um, uh, yeah, but that's spiritually. Eliyahu Anavi comes to the bris doesn't mean Eliyahu Anavi is coming in his body. Eliyahu Hanavi comes spiritually. Eliyahu Hanavi coming before Mashiach um, is obviously a different type of coming. It's going to be conspicuous. It's going to be revealed. It's going to be present. Everybody will uh, will uh, will be able to see it and appreciate it. Okay, I see tons of comments and interesting questions and remarks. Everybody is invited to look at them. And in the meantime, I'm going to wish you a wonderful, wonderful day. And may we see where we see Eliyohan of Yamashiach, Bimheira Biyamenu, Amen, take from Miyad. Thank you. Yes, you can ask, you can ask. He's going to remove Hamasim. Hamasim are, you know, people who create corruption. <laughs> the question is what it means. So that's the argument. Does it mean people who force their way into the Klal Yisrael, right? He'll remove that. Or those who were forced out and he'll bring them back in or it means to minimize and straighten out for sages and students to see eye to eye or it means he'll make peace in the world as the Rambam says peace among Jews the Ravid says peace among all peoples that's what he's going to do which explains why he's coming before Melchemes Goig and Magoig which I guess is going to be part of making, creating the ultimate peace. But does the Rebbe follow the Rambam like that he follows it more? No, the Rebbe is just explaining what the Rambam is saying based on the Mishnah. That's what the Rebbe is saying. So he doesn't, he doesn't choose who he follows more? He's just explaining the Rambam's shit. Uh, tomorrow morning, tomorrow morning, 7.30, We'll be continuing the Mimer about knowing which parts of your personality you could change, which parts you can't change, understanding the difference between your primal drives 
and your non-primal drives, between your ideas and your emotions, between thoughts and experiences, that's going to be all in the continuation of our Maimer, Shlach Tovshin Tesvav, Monday morning, 7.30 a.m., right here at theyeshiva.net. Tuesday morning, 9.45 a.m., Parsha class. Thursday morning again, 7.30, we will continue the Maimer about understanding your personality. Thank you. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.